0: For many years and I found it found it. Hey guys, and welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the number one bubbliest podcast in the world, we think. Hi, Cece. Hello. Hi, will Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting here today with uh, Jewel, and uh, as our world of beer is growing bigger and bigger, we figured that we're going to talk about tasting beer, especially from the aspect of being a beer judge, which yes. you are, and you already know you will from before, uh, as the Swedish beer historian from my and uh, mm. the happy face, <laughs> and the That'll fantastic be. tours, and the fantastic beer tours. tours, yes, yes. hi you will, hello, nice to be back, <laughs> so in the script I wrote that you were going to make a small yoke now, so okay, small <laughs> joke, <laughs>
1: tiny,
2: <laughs> how do you become a beer judge, and what does a beer judge do? The way that I know how to become one, and the way I did it is through the Swedish Home Brewing Association. I got more and more into beer. Uh, I got more and more interested in it, and I brewed beer a little bit. And then eventually, I, well, we talked about this. I'm, I'm not a big home brewer anymore, but I still like uh, the flavors and judging beer. And then you go uh, and you apply to, to the course, uh, and you Take part in the course, and hopefully you pass. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, you're not a beer judge. <laughs> no, ah. then you're not a beer judge. And then uh, you judge the uh, national uh, competition. So the biggest one is in the spring. We just had uh, the national competition from all of Sweden. There was a bit of a problem this year, though. <laughs> Gothenburg uh, failed. No, it was supposed to be in Gothenburg. It was supposed to be before COVID. But uh, now they got they declined their... Um, uh, what do you call it? their application for having the, the tastings. Mm-hmm. So it, the way you get around things for for, for homebrewing competitions for having people to visit without sort of officially paying for beer, which you can't. You just charge them to come inside the door and everybody there treats the guests to their beer. So it's more mm-hmm. of an exhibition of the beers from Sweden. Anyways, so this is usually a big thing. This year it was it was nothing because the um the city of uh, Gothenburg thought that, no, you can't have this event and sample beers. It hmm. is uh, against the uh, rules and regulations regarding alcohol. We could serve them in a spoon, uh, which <laughs> 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 roughly that size of sample, uh, which would not be a very fun uh, sort of beer festival. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> I drank beer from but a Well, you did a
1: did – a th- the competition was still on, so do you – yeah, the so, judges were allowed to try the beers.
2: Yeah, so so that's the difference. You have like the the, the people's choice. Um, and that's the people that are actually there live, and they they try it, and they um and you apply through an app, and you do it before the end of or through a website, you do it before the end of the day. So you've got the the people's choice awards that they take place on the actual during the actual event, and anybody can partake in that. And but the beers that are judged by the judges is judged usually two weeks in advance all throughout Sweden and we divide the different categories and you judge them according to style so mm. I did that let's see well anyways recently two weeks ago one week ago anyways and then you sit around essentially, usually one full day or two full days I was lucky this year because I judged the uh, mild ale category mm-hmm. wasn't that big no, it wasn't that big, <laughs> and they're not that strong. So I was just there for one full day. All right. So what you do is you judge the beers according to the different categories. Um, so they need to, well, you, you need to find the, if there are faults, if they sort of comply with the with the style guidelines, essentially. So you, I, I forgot what your question was already. I'm going into <laughs> it, but yeah, well, go, on, go, on, right? go on, go on, go on, <laughs> anyway. go crazy so uh you judge them according to the style guidelines that we have mm. so that's very different from the like the people's choice for example where you think oh it's a great beer i like it i'm going to give it good marks here yeah. it's yeah. like it needs to be correct and and according to the category essentially it's just like this a bunch of guys sitting around a table uh quietly <laughs> not talking to each other. Uh-huh. No, not until uh, you're the not act. allowed to. So first you have you have like a flight, but this is how it's it's different from from commercial judging commercial beer, uh, which we can get into because we've done that together once. These first you you sit you sit quietly and you and you judge your way through a flight. Everybody does, uh, and for example, you might have five or six beers in one flight in the same category. Hopefully <laughs> that would be best. <laughs> uh, and then at the end of that flight, you sort of talk your way through it so you always have a head judge uh that's sort of in charge of making sure that everything is correct and also has the final word if there's any sort of usually not a fight but sometimes you can be a little bit like mm, i don't agree with you and then you have to find yeah disagreement uh and what you do is you judge your way through them uh and then you put a score together and you need to be more or less in the same category One one of the judges can't put like horrible or like Give it a um, failing grade, and the other one given it an excellent grade that would be that would be very confusing, so you need no. to find like what's the reason why you marked this so low or why did you mark it so high or vice versa so that's that's really different from
1: commercial judging yeah, because then your mm-hmm. vote is your vote
2: yeah, your vote is definitely your vote, and it's a lot more efficient at least when I've done it so yeah. it, this is well more going <laughs> into detail <laughs> with the mm-hmm. judging yeah
1: no i I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm good. It's your show. <laughs> it's my show. Okay. He's the host today. Yeah, uh, we are uh, the guests. <laughs> yeah, you're the guests. Nice.
2: Well, welcome to Beer Bubbles. <laughs> uh, anyways, so today I figured we'll start with uh, kind of like one of the first sort of categories in according to the, the style guidelines. So we're starting from the lager category. Mm-hmm. And I also think these are interesting to show because there are differences. They're s- sometimes subtle, but you can still... You you find them. It doesn't take uh, a pro to find the differences, and you can understand. But they're still a little bit more subtle, so that they're not extremely different. So it's okay. it's a fun way of sort of polishing your um, well tasting abilities, sort of. And it's also fun to see
1: that like normal light lager yeah. can be so so much different from another light lager. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. because when people walk into uh, restaurants, most people I'm not going to say everyone would. Lots of people go into a restaurant and, and they expect the light lager to be the same. It doesn't matter really what brand it is. or mm. But it can be immensely different. It does De- matter. definitely. Mm. Flavor definitely does can. matter. <laughs> you heard us in yeah. beer bubbles first. <laughs> <laughs> Flavor I think they've matters. heard it before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Second then.
2: <laughs> so I'm not sure if you think I should start pouring the beers or introduce first how we do it. What are you, what uh,
1: are you introduce going? first how you do yeah. it. I think. Yeah. Okay. I could start pouring the beers. Okay. Uh, which order do you want them? Do you yeah. want, uh, to I do I want one, r- one, two, three? That. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay.
2: I have an idea. I hope it was a good idea. I'll, <laughs> I'll explain it to you later. So first, what you do: CC opens this and we listen. There we go. A healthy little, and that means it's carbonated to a nice level. You don't have to pour very much like that. Is perfect. If we were to judge this. Uh, in a judge setting, I would be spitting in a cup, and we would have uh, like Wonder Bread, the the most boring, white, pale, not very fun bread at all, just to make sure that we can cleanse our palates a little bit. Yeah. And then we all, also have water, so usually have a spitting cup, but we skipped that today. Cause yeah, we, we didn't want to spit in for you before you guys, because <laughs> we do have a camera here. So <laughs> spitting doesn't look good. No, but it's it's good for you if you want to try beer, especially if you're trying like. A, 100 beers in a day, then it's a good idea to spit. Anyway, uh, when we pour these, CC's pouring them really, there we go, pouring them um, more or less straight down. So depending on what category you're trying, this could be quite uh, important because if you twirl it a little bit, you might get more of the, well, the stuff at the bottom of it. You might get Mm -hmm. yeast or, or other things like that. Uh, usually when we judge, if we're four or five judges, you're going to have to more or less empty out the entire bottle. But it, it says something about the beer anyways. It's going to be different if you get the, the first of the bottle or the last of the bottle. So we've done sort of a an, um, uh, visual and an auditory. We've listened to it. We've seen it been poured. And now the thing that's mo- most sort of urgent, most rush to do is to smell your way through a flight. And I always do uh, all of them at once. Uh, a little bit of a, a whiff throughout every one, and write them down just so I get my first sort of uh, my first idea of the beer.
1: Your first impressions. Yeah, first
2: impressions, uh, and then. I can sort of go in depth in every one after that. So I always I always start by just taking one at a time. So and the
0: reason for that is because aromas escape. Yeah, escape quicker. Yeah.
2: So if I'm not the one pouring and if I'm not talking like I did now, usually uh, when, you, when you're the judge sitting and waiting, when usually when they pour down, you can more or less immediately put your nose mm-hmm. in it. But you could always whisk it around a little bit to get a bit more head on it. And then you get the aromas out. And then you stick your nose in there. And this is an interesting thing that I, I learned from a friend who does yoga, that throughout the day, you never have full function in both nostrils. It's always either one or the other, more or less. You have a little bit in one, airflow in one, and you one is more or less completely open. Unless you have a cold, but then you shouldn't judge, but I'll get to that too. <laughs> so you can try this yourselves. If you stick your noses in, I myself, for example, at the moment, I'm a I'm a right nostril. I'm am I'm a left nostril. <laughs> I'm the right one. Yep. So y- you notice I'm the weird one here. <laughs> <laughs> Odd one out. Yeah. But that that differs. So that's why you see people looking like like this because they're sort of mm. going with the side towards yeah. the glass. Yeah. Side of the nose. So there are several different ways of, uh, of of smelling a beer. You could always sort of cup it like this, uh, hold your hold your hand above it, whisk it around, and then smell it. Uh, this is also important that you don't have like use soap that has a lot of smells to it. Um, when you judge, depending on how serious you want to be, but they tell you, they recommend you not to drink coffee in the morning. And not to wear perfume. Not to wear perfume, not to smoke, not to eat spicy food, not even the day before. Mm-hmm. But the most important one for me is not to brush your teeth in the morning. So let's say I'm I'm getting up at 8 and I'm judging beers at 10. Uh, the toothpaste actually still around for quite a long time. So usually what I do is I brush my teeth with almost no toothpaste. But I still drink mm. coffee, and I don't worry too much about what I eat. I might not <laughs> eat chili <laughs> m- the day before, but that's that has worked for me. But I'm sure I'm missing a little something when I – well, anyways.
1: I've got a little tip that I learned from uh, uh whiskey blender as well, that your natural aromas you actually have on the back of your hand. Mm. So if you want to neutralize your aromas in yeah. your nose – you smell the back of your hand
2: yeah. and get back to zero again, yeah. Yeah. like start over. Right. Yeah, you do that. You can smell, you smell your own hand, and you can smell uh, water as well as drink it mm. to sort of neutralize your no- nose a little bit. But uh, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to try uh, three different Pilsners because I want to sort of talk about the progression and the differences. If you talk to, s- to a Czech person, where is Pilsner from? Uh, they would say it's from Pilsen, it's a city in the Czech Republic, and if you ask a German person, "Where is Pilsner from?" Well, it's also German. <laughs> it's from Bavaria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a German beer. No, but I think people would agree that it originated in Pilsen. But the difference is um, that the person that actually brewed it, uh, he was uh, uh, using. Ger- he was a German man using uh, German yeast. Uh, he was just happened to be in Brever, uh, in uh, in Pilsen at the time. But anyways, what I was trying to get to... Josef uh, Groll, wasn't it? Yeah. 1842. Right. 1842. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I'm trying to get to here is you have one major difference between the Czech and the German uh, style of beer. Um, the German Pilsner is fermented out a lot drier. So it, it's drier... Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially the same ingredients, but the the water quality also uh, plays a big role. So you have two different categories of Pilsners when you judge beer. So I figured we would try to see if we can notice any difference between these three beers. I was trying to make a bit of a, like a, like an, I don't know, bow, go, go from a, a dryer um, Jack Pilsner to the traditional uh more sort of full-rounded one to a dry Hanseatic or northern German Pilsner uh, to see the differences between them, if we can tell the differences and um, talk about the differences, I guess. (laughs) So if we start by smelling the first beer here, what you usually find in a Czech Pilsner um, is that sort of... It's, it's, close to, it's close to diacetyl, and I'm not sure h- how many of your viewers know what diacetyl is. Um, we actually said
1: we're going to do a show about
2: off flavors, off flavors <laughs> as okay. well,
1: So, but uh, we'll, we'll come to that.
2: Yeah, but anyways, sort of, uh, if it goes extreme, it goes buttery. It's acceptable, at least, in a Czech Pilsner. Mm. But at very, very yeah. tiny amounts. Yeah. yeah, and that's the extreme. It, it's not going to taste like baby poop.
1: Ursäkta, det är någon av våra mickar som knäpper. Är det du som håller i?
2: Hello. Försaker Är
1: Typ jord jordfält. Jag har det på något.
2: Ja. the uh, the check uh, Pilsners are are of course not supposed to have baby poop. Uh, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> when they're sort of in the middle, it could be like uh, butter popcorn. Um, Uh, the artificially flavored popcorn, microwave popcorn, they are flavored with the actual, uh, with diacetyl. Uh, There are people that worked in the popcorn plant. This is a very long time ago. They got what was coined popcorn lung. So apparently it's not very good for you if you get a lot of it. And one guy actually sued the popcorn company uh, because he claimed he got popcorn lung from eating popcorn every day which was, of course, <laughs> a bunch of crap, uh, but it was an American thing. So yeah. you, you you sue people sometimes over there, as but you might have heard. The style is basically <laughs> butter acid. Yeah. I got to have warning signs for everything that, over there. <laughs> so uh, when it's almost not detectable, I think you go a little bit more towards you can feel a little honey note, I think. That's what I usually pick out from... Mm. From a Czech Pilsner when you feel, that's like, it's almost diacetyl, but it's not really. Um, and uh, also sometimes a little bit like yogurt. Uh, it has like, so like honey yogurt could be a descriptor. And then you should feel the, the sort of characteristic herbal uh, aromas of, in, in the case of a Czech Pilsner, it's Saz. The the, um, the famous hop. The famous hop, yeah. The noble hop. S-W-A-Z. Yes. spelt. Zaz zaz zazzy. Cheers, cheers, cheers. So when I judge, I usually it's like eighty percent of the time I spend on just smelling it because the the taste it it says something about the beer, of course, as well. Mm. But the aroma, I think that's where that's where you. And the thing is also,
1: if you do a professional tasting, you spit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the mouth of the beer is not as important as the nose. If you no. drink the beer. Yeah, and swallow it. You get the full mouth feel, and and mm-hmm. also the reflux from the carbon dioxide when it goes up in your nose again.
2: Yeah, you're right. Uh, there is there are a few things that you miss out on, like bitterness a little bit as well, mm. uh, and, and flavor. You need to have it. All the way down. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're not doing that uh, when we judge. Anyways, so this is an example of it starts out semi-sweet. Still not as sweet. This is a relatively dry beer at the end. Mm. But it has that little honey note. And it then dries out with the, with the uh, with the bitterness from the sauce hop. So I figured we'll see what the original. Because we started uh, with the uh, budvar. Budjovice
1: Budvar. Yeah. Or Budweiser, as it was called. Yeah. Until they r- skipped out
2: on the lawsuit from Budweiser in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of lawsuits in the U.S. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> twice twice <laughs> in a very short <laughs> m- amount of time. So now in glass number two, if you stick your nose in there and smell it, at least to me, it feels even more sort of honey-ish. It's a lot maltier as well. Yeah, a, nose. a lot more maltier, yeah. yeah. I know that they have a yeast that, that doesn't ferment out uh, as much. This category of beer is the 12-point. The it's uh, the, the sort of exclusive uh, version of the, the, the Pilsner. In, in the Czech Republic, this is what you drink for parties, generally speaking. Yeah,
1: it's the Greece Plato, which is yeah. basically the content of sugar that is fermentable yeah. in the beer. So it mm. tells the alcohol strength as well.
2: Yeah, but this one doesn't really... It has a lot of uh, residual uh, sweetness left as well. Well, not a lot, but it has some. Depends on what you compare it to. <laughs> it's a lot more malty. Yeah. Well. It's
1: got a much bigger mouthfeel as well. Mm.
2: And then the bitterness uh, is rather strong at the end there. Yeah. It feels really herbal to me. So you have a drier example in the first one, but these are still uh, examples. These are all, what if you want to brew the perfect Czech Pilsner, you brew something like any of these and you're and you're your home safe you're yeah, golden, you're golden. <laughs> so these are the examples that's what the that's the bar where they set the bar so mm. that's like um, the the drier version can be as dry as this one and the more fuller version can be roughly as full as this Th- there can be variations but I thought yeah. it was fun to see we
1: can tell people who are not watching as well that this yeah. the second one we're drinking is the original it's yes. the Pilsner yeah. yeah,
2: that Joseph Roll created uh, they say at least in yeah. 1842 so these are two good examples of what a Czech pilsner uh, is supposed to, uh, well, taste like. Mm. And now I figured we'd jump over. Uh, it's good to also mention for those who are not watching that we're drinking one of the more famous German or North German pilsners. But I'm going to get to that. Yever, uh, or anybody want to pronounce it in a better way? Yeffa. Yeffa. Sounds like a curse. V, uh,
1: v is an F Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that's something the the boss (laughs) 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 Uh,
2: anyway the German pilsners can differ depending on where you're uh, where in Germany you are so uh, the further north they usually the drier and the more bitter but there are variations but Mm. this is a good example to sort of let it stand out from the Czech example and when we judge in Sweden this is the this is the archetype. This is the bar for northern for, style pilsner. Yeah, and this is what we've set for German pilsner overall. Okay. Although it allows it allows for more sweetness, but it has to have that sort of minerally thing that we're going to get to.
1: Yeah, we was going to come to that because it's quite. I've tried this before, and and what I find it, it's. It's got quite an aggressive bitterness, but also mm. a mineral note to it.
2: Yeah, it's very harsh. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good example so that you can sort of understand the styles. Um, but when you judge pilsners in a category, do you, se- you separate.
0: Do you separate like for the Czech styles or, or German styles, or are they? Co- yeah, they are yeah. two different categories. Yeah.
2: So, uh, but I mean, they're still very much related, so they can mm. be quite close to each other. And they would most likely do all right in both categories, but there are things that sort of stand out from a Czech Pilsner. And one of them yeah. is the fact that the the water is really soft in the in the Czech Pilsner and really harsh and hard and sort of dry and minerally in the in the in the German style. Yeah. I mean if
0: like if you were fine to find the acetyl in a German Pilsner judging you that would yeah. be correct and no, around, then
2: it feels more like uh, possibly you could find traces of DMS, for example. Yeah. But now we're back in the off-flavor things that, but the sort of boiled cabbage sort mm. of thing. If you've
1: ever had a corn, K- corn, corn uh, in, in, in a, in a tin, <laughs> yeah. and you open the tin and you smell it, that is yeah. DMS.
2: Hmm. I would say that's more common that you get trace amounts of that in the German Pilsner rather than the uh, the diacetyl, but. Doesn't matter. But that's mainly because of the yeast, but
1: uh, let's not go into that. No, let's no. do that <laughs> in the episode about the off flavors. Yeah, <laughs> but this is lighter in color as well.
2: Yeah, so it is. It is drier and it has fermented out more. So even if they would have had the same carbohydrate content, if you will, or um, fermentable sugars, the German pilsners they ferment out more of uh, more of the um, fermentable sugars. So it's drier and it's lighter. Also. There's a difference, There's a slight difference in, in uh, depending on how you do it. But the 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 Czech style, they, they uh, well now we're going into things again like decoction and whatnot. But yeah. generally speaking, there is a slight color difference, like in the case of this, where the German pilsner tends to be slightly lighter than than the than the Czech pilsner. Uh, but it wouldn't be a fault if it would have been golden. I usually use the. Uh, um, I try to explain it by drinking regular water versus drinking like mineral water. Mm -hmm. So apart from the bitterness, you can also feel that it's sort of dry in your mouth and it feels like you've been drinking because mineral water dries you out a little bit. And... Also, my brother explained it in a nice way he 's not a uh, beer geek at all, but he just it 's like you're you 're licking, you're, you're licking uh, a rock like you're in the, uh, you, i don 't know <laughs> if he 's ever licked a rock, but if you 're out in the archipelago and, and it 's it's like almost salty yeah
0: hmm? Everybody is going to go out licking rocks after this. <laughs> yeah. it 's good no
2: but it 's
1: much drier on the on the end notes because it, it almost makes you thirsty drinking this
2: yeah mm. it 's yeah. got
1: like a, a hop's hook. Is yeah, what I call definitely. it. It's like yeah. it just drags over your tongue and yeah. goes, could I have some more, please? Yes, <laughs> it wants you to continue on. Yes. <laughs> uh,
2: but this is a gr- great example, I think, the, of the German Pilsner, uh, and it's available um, all over, almost. Almost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Rasmus had to chase around to get it today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: The, the first store I went
0: to just had a boudoir and the Pilsner, recall, and so had <laughs> to look for the Javier Jefe. Yeah. Javier, Pilsner Javier. which Javier is very Javier. known. Javier. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I feel now even when I go go back to the water that um I still have uh, like a coating in my mouth that is not just bitterness but also those minerals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are that's a good indicator that you you've had a, a a German pilsner. All of these beers I'd say would get full marks for a very good reason. <laughs> <laughs> well they, they
1: are like the benchmark, basically, yeah. of, of, of both Czech and German Pilsners. Definitely. Uh, if you went to Bavaria and, and said that you ever was,
2: uh, like, the German Pilsner, you'd get beaten up. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you might not want to say that. But um, I think we have a nice little uh, variation between these beers. And I, I like to do these sorts of things when I do tastings, that I bring in two beers that are similar. Uh, this is fun because you get people to sort of realize for themselves how big of a difference Mm -hmm. it could be between beers that they don't really think will be different. And what I usually do when I do tastings like that is that I give them blind so that they don't know which is which Mm -hmm. so that they really have to think about what's in their glass. Uh, That's the same when you judge a beer. You don't know what you're judging because uh, when you know, then you have your preconceived notions. It felt like it was a bad idea not to show the beers because that would be just annoying for people watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it's a very good idea to drink things blind so that you don't yeah. know. Even full-on blind, I mean like wearing um, what do you call it? Um, blindfold. Yeah, blindfold, blindfold. because that way you're, you're completely at sea. You
1: can't even see the beer. You don't know the, because the visual aspect is something as well. Yeah. I thought of that when, when I pour the beers. Yeah. that the head retention on on the Yefra was much better yeah. than the other two. So yeah. it kept its head longer yeah. Yeah. and it was a tighter head.
2: Yeah. Usually uh the visual aspect of a beer gives away a lot. So I mean the more you've tried beer and seen how beer behaves, the more you sort of it can give you a hint of of how the beer is brewed. Mm. This is also very much it's it is almost like a uh, something you don't even consciously think about sometimes, but you notice that this beer isn't really well, or like something mm. is, something is wrong. Like looking at the, like you said, the the size of the bubbles or how they behave in the glass.
1: If it's the same color as the last time you had it, yeah. yeah. And
0: eyesight is is a lot. because I mean, when it comes to like tasting wine, you know, if you do it in a black glass, you can mistake a white wine for a red wine and the other way around because. Y-
1: not all is revealing the flavor <laughs> no cold red often tastes like white wine if you if you drink it totally blind so
2: yeah i haven't I haven't done many of those tests, <laughs> but <laughs> i've done a lot of <laughs> beer tests anyway <laughs> uh, and i think it's uh, I think it's a fun thing to do because you you learn a lot uh, and you realize what you like and what you don't like.
1: Should we pour uh, some full beer as well so we yeah, get another aspect of German beer yeah, we could do uh, that. I'll bring the label and show it to you because this is on tap here at mm where yeah. we're sitting today. By the way, thank you very much for very accurate, for <laughs> well, being our sponsors and host Free
0: Freehouse, The Home of Sweden <laughs> for handcrafted or the home in Sweden for handcrafted lagers, cost condition ales, vintage beers, goose and lambics. Goose, <laughs> goose and lambics. Pilsners, stouts and bolling wines. During these these uh, what do you call it competitions where where you judge You go back and forth with the smell a lot, you said. Do you go back and forth with the tasting
2: as well, with the palate? Um, I try to not do that too much because I Mm. feel that it doesn't... I think you shouldn't hesitate when you judge beers because when you hesitate, you tend to try to think about other things. Mm. I mean, there's something you could have missed, but that's usually covered when you talk it over, at least when it's homebrew competition. But I want to be sort of in the moment and just write it down the second it comes to me because usually mm. they're they they escape your mind quickly if you think of something the, the weirdest stuff can come up and you can figure out why like oh home baked cookies of my grandma i like something yeah and you you want to get that in there maybe you don't have to write all that out for the person but at least you figured out what it is that you're smelling um one thing that i'm
0: interested in, because it, when, when i did some lyrics i it's a uh, when you t- when you try wine it's very like you have these rules and there's these things and and there's a way you have to describe flavors because you know not everybody knows how your your grandma's uh, Gloves <laughs> yeah, no, smells no, no, like no, you know. No, so there, right. there needs to be like a, a language that everybody yeah, speaks, like a vocabulary, a vocabulary. Exactly. Is that something you do in the when you go with this course to being a beer judge? Is yeah,
2: there, there are like the, the words that m- most commonly show up and in, in, in the uh, in the literature that we read for the education. There are a bunch of those words, mm. and usually it's like a taste wheel or an aroma wheel, where you know, like flavors that go from like grassy or whatever, and you go over to like esters and and, and you, you tend to have uh, vocabulary uh, in common if you will
1: the big problem is that the common person doesn't have that no and no. that is the difference between wine and beer a lot because people know what the leather is if you find it on their nose in a, in a wine yeah, yeah but if you say Esther to someone when it comes to beer people yeah. go what the fuck uh, who's Esther? <laughs> where <laughs> <Yeah>. is she <laughs> who the <laughs> fuck are you talking about <laughs> never met about. this
2: Esther. <laughs> <laughs> um she seems nice though <laughs> <laughs> no, but um yeah definitely there there is a big difference there, and it doesn't feel as controlled, but I try to be as basic as possible, and they tell you to be like don't try to don't reinvent the wheel if mm. you if you if you smell if it's roasted or toasted bread or something like that, just write that don't try to don't try to make it more complex i mean if there's something that's that you think that people understand, you can write that down, but generally speaking. You write down a few a few descriptive words, and I know if there's any there any homebrewers watching this and you've read, if you've read the papers that I hand in, sometimes there's not not too much in them, especially not during the national uh, competition when you sometimes judge a hundred beers or something like that. Then you're like, okay, you you got whatever fruit is there and whatever, yeah, and then you Mm -hmm. move on. But this is more of an educational thing because homebrewers, they might be new at home brewing for example and then you tend to give them tips like possibly fermentation went wrong here or i would change the malt bill or i would uh, accentuate these hops or something like that so uh, this is different from from commercial judging commercial beers mm-hmm. it's more of an educational thing and it's very good because you learn a lot more especially when you're with seasoned judges and they um go into very much detail
0: I know you, you you said this before we started recording, but, but I'm gonna ask a question. So the listeners can: mm-hmm. Is there a middle ground you can go through when judging beer? Uh, you mean when you score them?
2: Yeah. Well, you're supposed to score them uh, according to according to the style guidelines, and sometimes maybe, for example, we might not agree on the level of sweetness. We might think, okay, but I don't think this is sweet enough, or I think this is too sweet, or whatever else. Uh, but when you judge. In a group, you're usually four. Um, depends. You can be less. You can be more. But you uh, you need to be sort of grouped together so that one 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 judge can't completely destroy a beer and give it, like, no points at all. And the other gives it an excellent score. So you need to sort of figure that out. What kind of, uh, like, grading do you have at uh, the home brewers? Uh, it's up to 50. Uh, so... The, f- the starts with like problematic and that usually means something went really wrong. So it's not, it's not, it's not a fully functioning beer. <laughs> 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 this beer won't function out in society. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a social Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then you start going up to, it's a passable beer, but it doesn't pass in the category. And then you get higher up. You're like, um, this is a really good one. And if you go up 50 is the highest. So that would be in the excellent category. You, you, i've only been up in that sort of last box where you cross and you end up you're past 44 and you're just and if some people are like almost fear giving those last few points Mm -hmm. very very few people that have given one beer like 50 points so i've gotten better at being nice and really realizing when a beer is good Mm -hmm. uh really well done because the problem is sometimes i think that you're looking for flaws and when you look for flaws and when you don't really swallow the beer you just try a little bit of it sometimes you just get slightly skewed so it's it's always good to have a few judges along and you tend to go on the Friendlier side of of a um, of a grading, <laughs> at least for home brewing. Does the that home brewing suck? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like don't brew anymore. <laughs> that, that's I could not a buy nice. you a pair
1: of water skis. <laughs> you're not uh, <laughs> equipped for this.
0: Uh, does <laughs> it, but does the scale differ from the home brewing judging to? Oh, to yes. to sorry, the okay, that w-
2: that's what you were going for. Yeah, of mm. course, it, it cha- it's very different uh because uh for for um, commercial beers you you just want to get a lot of scoring done rather quickly yeah and you don't want to get through stuck p- in the lots
1: middle. and lots of beers mm. yeah what did we do in Uppsala
2: 200 beers in in a day uh something like that uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was f- uh, four different uh just four different levels 1 through 4 mm. i actually like that system i like
1: that better than the one i've had before cuz that was a five point yeah. system a lot of people end up somewhere and in the And end middle. up going like three, 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 three. Mm, yeah. And if you have one to four, you have to decide if it is a good beer yeah. or if it's not. Yeah, the one, two becomes yeah. negative and the two, three, four becomes positive. Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah.
2: I did when I do these sort of polls during digital tastings, which was big for a while during COVID. I actually adapted that system because then you get people to have, they have to decide because people tend to be friendly and they say it's okay. So I, I say like it's the most horrible beer i ever tried or never again. Like that's the n- number one. Number two would be it's okay, but I'm not a fan of it. Uh, and then like three and four would be this is really good or this is amazing. So they had to. So you, ca- you can't write 2.5. Uh, no, <laughs> no. And that got people to sort of decide a little bit more. Okay. So I like mm-hmm. that. So tell
1: us a bit about this style then. It's a classic German, southern German style helles.
2: Yeah. So now we're we're stepping back again uh, in terms of uh, uh, bitterness because because we we you know what let's try let's it try together. It. Mm? Still a little cold, but I'll whisk it a little bit. We have
1: cold beer at Akrat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually good and then you can decide yourself if you want yeah. it warmer.
1: It's easier for the customer to no. heat their beer yeah. Yeah. in their hand than to cool it down. <laughs> what, you don't walk incredible. around with a refrigerator on you? <laughs> I've got a mini <laughs> fridge in my backpack all the time, you know that. In your pocket.
2: Uh, no, but this is supposed to be just uh sort of creamy, malty. I don't know. I forget what the uh what the wording is, what the phrase is, but in the in the Swedish uh judging it's it's like um uh, dig malt like creamy creamy malt or or like really bready um, and you can sort of sense that there is sweetness coming when you smell it yeah Mm. so it's a it's a display of malts essentially here the hops are taken completely sort of away in the Helles style you have some hops to balance it out of course uh, but you're supposed to have a full beer that sort of uh, dries out a little bit once again when it comes to like Mm -hmm. water quality highly quenchable (laughs) <laughs> yes, definitely. So it starts out; rather... it's got a bitterness to it, mm. but it's yeah. only
1: just enough to make it not get overly sweet in the end. Yeah, mm. it's more of, more of a sense of let's pull it back. Yeah, now, now we now we need to pull it back to have some more.
2: Yeah, definitely <laughs> pulls <So> you back. <laughs> also, you feel a little bit of like the mineral drying it out as well. Mm. So it's it's masterfully done where it starts as a sweet and f- sort of full beer and then vol beer and then it just sort of <laughs> dries out and has a tiny little bitterness but it's a great display of of uh, nice malts really bready and definitely the, the the creamy malts as you were Yeah, saying. the creamy malt. I don't know how to say that in a good way in English. The mouthfeel
1: is really soft while well, the ever is is the opposite basically uh, it's, really it's, it's, it's like it's a bit more aggressive and like here we are, I'm here well yeah. the the Schneider that we're drinking now is more like I like you. <laughs> <laughs> we could be friends. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but still you can feel that sort of For one minerally day. out drying out at the end so you feel oh, yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. in your palate. So it, it just dries out nicely at the end, but it's so it's 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 fuller and, and as we said, creamier and and, and
1: yeah. It's, it's got a bigger mouthfeel as well. Yeah. Would definitely. this also be a high score on your card?
2: Definitely would, yeah. <laughs> And this is a good example of when when I've judged this type of beer, like Hellas, for example, uh, the ones that do great are the ones who have really freshly milled malts. Because this is, I mean, everything else is important as well. Make sure that your yeast is is happy and thriving (laughs) and things like that. (laughs) And your hops are fresh. Yeah, hops are fresh. But here it's just, if you have really, really fresh malts, High-grade malts, and you've just milled them right before you use them. It's well, it, it makes for a very uh, nice, could fresh. I could almost
1: bet that this is floor malted hanker malt from Vejman, yeah, no. because
2: that's like
1: the the
2: most expensive, but also the absolute best. They've got good malts. It's highly quenchable, <laughs> but this one, instead of being really bitter, it almost feels like it's a little sour at the end. If you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the it's an acidity to it, not, not, yeah, it's not a in acidity. a bad way. No, 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 like no. That's part of it drying out. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, just to sort of describe the different, um, yeah. well, yeah. tastes yeah. and
0: the <laughs> jeffer, <laughs> <Jaffer. laughs> Look at this, <laughs> and imagine that's an F. Oh, I thought you said th- this was an F. <laughs> no, <laughs> so jeffer, okay. jeffer. With the jeffer, uh. it's a. You, you it dries out more with while well, this becomes more watery. You become more watery in your mouth, basically. Uh, you you mean
2: you mean the hell is here? Yeah, it, it waters your mouth a little bit more. I feel. Yeah, you mean you mean you at salivate more yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you salivate. Okay, now yeah. I see what you mean. I thought I thought you meant it was watery, the beer. No, no, it you <laughs> waters your mouth. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <right>. Watery beer. <laughs> 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 yeah, Chase, that's, just that's one
1: like, slap yeah. for you. <laughs> that's yeah.
2: not
0: what I
1: meant.
2: No. God no. Yeah, but that's a, that's a good uh, sort of some exa- good examples of of German and, and, and Czech lager beers, mm-hmm. and there are of course m- much more. Uh, we we we'll,
1: we would love to have you back to go through other beer styles as well, because yeah. uh, I think this is this is fun. This is really fun, uh, and we're all about being educational. Yeah, <laughs> getting educated. Yeah, well, uh. the thing b- is it's like a friend of mine said he went to beer tasting, uh, and he's really he knows beers, yeah, but there's always something that you go, hmm, I hadn't thought of that, no, because you always get some kind of little nugget yeah of uh, information or knowledge yeah. that you can like bring in as your own, yeah, and that that is as long as you i think it was my I saw a, a quote once that a, "A day when you learn something yes. is a day that not spoiled. Yeah, which yeah, right. is which is uh, I, I like that.
2: Yeah, and beer is a very complex subject. I'm never going to be done. I'm I'm oh learning no. <laughs> yeah, every day.
1: No, no. Every day we learn Keep that. Learning. You yeah. need to learn more. Stay yeah, every dear, day you realize how little you know.
2: <laughs> right. Stay beer curious.
1: Yes, stay beer curious.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and I think it's fun. I, I've I've really gone into the classic styles more lately, and uh, that's one of my absolute favorite things about being a beer judge. That that made me appreciate almost every single style out there um, mm. because they have things that make them really good, some things that make them not so good. But when they're on point uh, in their category, I, I, I like all of them. I will give an mm. example because I judged, uh, f- for the, the the last time I judged, we judged um, some uh, Kölsch. And Kölsch is one of those styles that a lot of people see as a pointless uh, beer <laughs> style. <laughs> Which in part I understand, but uh, I still want to learn about every beer style. So I went uh, over there and drank a bunch of Kölsch in Köln. And mm. then you really get to try the different variations of it. And now I'm like, oh, I, I like Kölsch a lot. So sure. I, I was the only one who marked uh, a Kölsch really, really high. <laughs> 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 no, it was one other, one other guy that had also been to Köln, of course. Mm. Um, you have to go there to appreciate Cologne the style. <laughs> yeah. So for the listeners, what is a Kölsch? Oh, the Kölsch is a warm fermented lager. It's actually uh patented or you you uh, you have to be in it in, has to in, be in from cologne. cologne or cologne, I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh it is uh slightly sli- has a slight uh tartness to it. Um so it goes a little bit like um how can I explain that one in a good way? But it just that little sort almost champagne ish. Like mm-hmm. a little uh, it's like wine. a mul-
1: multi lager with it almost tart afternoon to it yeah. that completes a beer. And yeah. it's almost always served in like 25-cent litre glasses, yeah. small, mm-hmm. and then they do not stop pouring until you see No, say, they, I'm, just I'm they keep they, coming t- out. They keep coming. Yeah. And you go like, first time I was in <laughs> Cologne, I just, I got absolutely shit-faced. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you they didn't they know how, how to good stop. Good thing is that, <laughs> that, that, that they're not that strong. No, no. They're normally around four and a half percent, or something yeah, like that.
2: Yeah, th- mm. uh, they are. They they need to be exactly four point. Let's see, four point. Is it four point seven? It, it's it's specified, so it can't yeah. be <laughs> point one percent different. Uh, it's four point eight, I think it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's one of the few beer styles that allows a little bit of DMS, actually. Yeah. So, okay. Mm. But but it's um, it's when it's when it's well done, it's a very nice, refreshing beer. Especially you drink as as CC said, the small glasses. They never ice cold. Yeah. in the sun. <laughs> yeah, they never really go. They they don't have time to go bad. So you, <laughs> it's like a continuous beer. You just get new new glasses every once in a while. <laughs>
0: Um, sounds horrible <laughs> <laughs> and
2: then when you when you say I've had enough you always get one
1: more because I've started pouring it so it's like oh that's yours as well because like <laughs> when you say stop there's one more coming <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have yeah. to plan ahead oh yeah oh, that's definitely seems yeah. like a
0: like a good idea when drinking <laughs>
1: <laughs> is there
0: anything more you want to say about being a beer judge before we wrap this up
2: no I love it but what I want to say because I, I, since you're watching or listening to this you're obviously beer curious as well. Uh, I would recommend people to, first of all, f- follow me on social media or, uh, well, find my my homepage. I am uh, uh or Dog Buchen. <laughs> beer, beer diary. diary on, or go on a tour. Yeah, or go on one of my tours. Um, Stockholm Craft Beer Tour is the biggest one that I do. I do one on Södermalm as well in Stockholm. But what I actually wanted to get to was Keep sort of uh, testing yourself and and try beers uh, blind because it's a a fun way. So if you're living alone, ask a friend to buy like three or four beers, preferably in the same category for you. Pour them without you seeing. If you can't get somebody to do that for you, buy a bunch of beer, take them out blindly from the (laughs) fridge and pour them without looking. (laughs) (laughs) That could be messy. But what I'm trying to say is uh, try more beers in a sort of – Educate yourself by, by actually testing the beer. Try to not focus so much on the brand of the beer because you get mm-hmm. mesmerized sometimes by the hype of a beer. It's it's better to just see what you actually think of it. And if you do follow him on uh, Instagram, you actually put up
0: challenges Yeah, once in a while. It
2: was a put on a little bit of a break when I was away, uh, but I'm going to start again this Wednesday going mm-hmm. and do another because I take beers that are similar. Um, so that you can try them against each other and then I sort of put up my response to it because I do the same thing mm-hmm. um, so that people can sort of see so what I th-
1: discuss it and yeah and argue about it and yeah and become angry at each other and, yeah, yeah and then go out and have a beer and yeah. <laughs> it'll be fine again yeah
2: I want I want as many trolls as possible on my <laughs> 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 no no <laughs>
0: is that your get away from the episode we want as many trolls as possible okay yeah. <laughs> As long as people
2: <laughs> buy beer and try beer, I'm happy. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this was very educational and very fun to to get to know how a beer judge works and what they do. Uh, thank you very much again, you for joining us.
2: Yeah, no, thank you
1: for having me. And uh, guys, whatever you do, drink, drink better beer.
2: beer.